I've, I've got something in my heart here that um, uh, I feel is the time to do this. You know, a couple, I did a, a series before Corinne and I went on vacation, and I, and I, and I called it Life, and, it, and I was talking about resurrection life, and I know that since then, the Lord has really lab, belabored and, 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 and had a, 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 an emphasis on worship. I don't know if you noticed that, that you see in all our guests that came, there, there, was, a, there was a flow, and, and, and we, we, see, we were talking, uh, the Lord's talking to us about worship, and, 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 and you know, worship is not that issue, uh, I, and my, my message today is not necessarily about worship, but it kind of is, uh, in, in a sense, because when you understand and you grasp the power of worship, you realize that worship changes us, it doesn't change God. It has immense power to affect our lives and in our hearts, and 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 so um, I believe that the Spirit of God is, is 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 showing us and leading us into some of these truths. And if you will just open your heart to latch onto these truths, I believe that you're going to walk away blessed, not just today, but growing in this revelation uh, of what this can do, and 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 living a lifestyle. Of worship. Now, last you know, the last couple of weeks, we just went through Thanksgiving, and we spoke about gratitude, and 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 gratitude is part of Thanksgiving, obviously, a, a part of worship. Uh, give us gratitude and Thanksgiving, and being able to to express our gratitude to God, to God uh, for and in things that we're going through, uh, it can change our emotions, and and we need to have the tools. You and I need to have the tools on how to be able to administer ourselves, how to be able to, to affect our emotions, because your emotions are going to be attacked if you just listen to what the world is saying. <coughs> if you listen to what the news is saying, I, I was just reading, uh, it's amazing how the world is slowly being boiled. The proverbial frog. There is more and more fear in the world. Have you noticed? Yeah. It's happening very, very incrementally, but there's more and more people living in fear. I, it was so interesting. I was reading the top like five fears. There are people that can't sleep right now, and, and I, I think it was number four or five on the list. They can't sleep at night in fear, worried about climate change. Genuinely, there's Americans having issues. They are, you know why? Because that's what they're listening to. They don't know a God that created the heavens and the earth. We don't have a climate problem, people. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't empty and put, put oil in our rivers and, and not be responsible stewards of what God has given us. That's not what I'm saying. I'm all for that. But I'm telling you, we're in no threat. This world God has made, it's going to do fine. And we can define, but if you live your life outside of the understanding and the priorities of God, you will end up just being played like a fiddle. And, and as we get closer to the end times, and we are getting closer to the end times, and we will talk about that in, 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 a little, in some time, but not today. But I'm just telling you, there, there is a place and there's a way that we're being equipped and if you're listening to what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches, He's giving us tools. And this is one of them. Worship is one of them. Being grateful and, and learning thanksgiving. Those are tools that you can keep in your arsenal and understanding and being awareness of, of how powerful it does to affect your emotions. Otherwise, your you, emotions will play you. You will be led by your emotions. You will wake up sad and you will don't do And you're like, oh, I guess I need a pill for that. Why? Because the... TV tells you you should take a pill for that. 
or because doctors will tell you you need a pill for that. You don't need a pill for that. In fact, you know, this church, we've been very, if you follow and you've been a, a member of Lake Haven for a while, you will know that we've, we speak a lot about God's grace, about God's love, but primarily this is, you know, grace isn't a message. We don't just talk about and say, okay, one, two, three, we're going to talk about grace. And there's awesome books that we have in our recommended reading rack over there on grace that I recommend that you do lay hold of it. But grace is not just a message. It is a foundation of our point of view of theology. It comes across in everything how we see how God is related to us, how we receive by grace through faith everything that Jesus has given us, has given us. We, we talk and we teach about a finished work, a finished work that Jesus gave it. And, and you hear it in, if I speak about faith and if I speak about all these things that I've come to, and I will always, you will hear me say similar statements, but it's profoundly, uh, I'm profoundly aware of how much, generally speaking, in the body of Christ are still waiting for God to do stuff. They call it prayer and they're waiting for God to do stuff. Let me tell you, I've said this many times, if you've been with me, faith, you either go down an avenue where you are using faith to try and God, get God to do something, or you are understanding what true biblical New Testament faith is, is persuading your heart of what God has already done. There is a huge difference, and the difference happens in your heart. It happens in your belief system. You are the manager and the uh, husbandman, the gardener of your heart. That's what the parable of the, soil, uh, the sower is all about. You are the one that has to guard your heart above all else. You are the one that gets to decide what you're going to put in your heart, what you're going to believe in your heart, whether you're going to doubt in your heart, all of these things that, we've, that I speak about. You are the decider, not God. You. And you, how, you minister to you, how you minister to your heart, what you let in through the gates of your eyes and your ears and, and so on are, are hyper, hyper important, right? So if we're going to understand, like this is truly, truly a, a finished work. You know, um, we, we speak about, um, you know, so much of religion goes into, because religion really doesn't believe the finished work of Christ, because of, they don't believe that Jesus has given us everything. Let me just start there. Let me just go. I'm going to jump down to 2 Peter chapter 1, um, just so that you can hear it in Scripture. Okay, um, 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 1. To those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of God our Savior, Jesus Christ, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now, we've touched on this Scripture, and I often will, but... but Grace and peace is multiplied to us in the epigenosco, and I will touch on that scripture, on the knowledge, the experiential knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is not information knowledge. Let me just stop here a second. The Jews, most people groups have got a tendency towards certain traditions, certain ways of looking, certain worldviews. You and I have a worldview. No matter what culture you grew up with, you were given a worldview that is compiled because of ultimately what you're keeping in your heart. 
What was placed in your heart may have been by bad parents, horrible teachers who told you you'll never mount to anything or that you're going to be a failure or that you were the best thing and you can do anything that you want to or, or you, could, you have had, had things programmed into you uh, because you've watched the news or you believed scientists more than anything else. And I'm telling you, there's, true science doesn't reject God's word. True science. But there's a lot of false science that does. Okay. <laughs> but, this, but as a culture, we, 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 are, we have let certain things into our heart. That's why God, I mean, in, in Proverbs 4, we say it so often, for Proverbs 4.23, right? It says, above all else, guard your heart. You have to guard your heart. Right? And so, so one of the things that we have done as Gentiles, let me just say this about the, Jew, the Jews, the Jewish people, they had a tendency towards dead works, towards ceremonialism, towards ritualism, those kind of things, legalism. They had a greater tendency to that. So often when the, the apostles were talking to the Jews, they were often dealing with, with sort of addressing those things. Now today, if you grow up religiously, that can often be an issue in your own life and in your own mindset and in your own way of seeing the world. But now often the, the Gentile people, the, 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 the Westerners, the Western way of thinking has been has one of the big things back then, and it still is alive and well today, is Gnosticism. Gnosis comes from the Greek word gnosis, knowledge. We have pursued information. We think that information is going to be it. And this is what I did the series on, life, that I did six parts on not that long ago. But if we just think that we can just get enough information, it will work for me. If I can just read the right scriptures or say the right words in the right order, then God's going to come through and I'm going to get my miracle. And we've pursued information. And, and a lot of Western way of thinking and believers will say that, well, I know that. I know that. Because they've heard it. So they've, oh, yeah, 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 I've heard that. I know that. But we're not talking that. The, you see, the, the pursuit, this is not a pursuit of information. Information is part of the process to life, certainly. But we are, we are, we are told to have an experiential knowledge, a knowing in our heart. And that's up to you and me to get to. And, and in the scripture that we're looking at in Second Peter, he says that, he says, uh, um, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the epignosis, in the experiential knowledge. Of God and of our Lord, of our Jesus Christ. Most people, God, even though they come to church, they don't know God. They don't know Him. They know about Him. But they really do, or they actually worship a different God. They don't worship the God who explains Himself and reveals Himself in the Bible. They concoct their own version of God by taking a little bit of here and a little bit of there and throwing a little bit of this. And, and they, but that's not the God of the Bible. You can't compromise he has revealed himself only one way, and he is revealed in the word of God in its completeness. Yeah. Do you understand? His names reveal who he is. Jesus was the express image of his being. Jesus in the way he dealt with people. There is only one God, and how he sees it is the way it is. There's not your and my version of that. It's up to us to adapt and to change and to repent, to change our way and believing to see how he really is. And that when we have an experiential knowledge, guess what? It works. It works. 
it works as it's supposed to work. The Bible does prophesy that in the end times, there is going to be a great falling away. And I believe that one of the, I believe that one of the big issues why we're going to see people leave the church in droves, there is also going to be a revival, by the way, and that I believe is coming, and the Lord's preparing us for that, but I believe that a lot of people are going to fall because this is what they pursue. They pursue information, and information isn't going to work for you. You can chase all the information you want. I know this, I know this, I know. It's not going to matter. Jesus, what did he say? He says, Jesus I said, I never knew you. There was this, those seven sons of Sceva who tried to throw out, cast out the demon. And what did the demon say? Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? There's people that have pursued and they just said, Jesus, there is a lot of scripture that says that Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. There, you see, we are, we are, the only thing I can do as a preacher is introduce you to my Jesus. I, cannot, I can't do anything more for you. Churches where it should be in a place where you can come into fellowship and you can come into an experiential knowledge of God and experience these things. So let's carry on in verse 3. So, um, so verse 2 said, Make grace and peace be multiplied to you in the experiential knowledge of God and of our Je- Jesus our Lord. And 3, His divine power, listen, has granted to us. That is past tense. This is not me. I did not write this has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now we say we believe the Bible. So then why are you asking God for stuff? Has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge. Epignosco. Through the experiential knowledge of him who called us by his own glory. Yeah. Right? His own glory and his excellence. And then he carries on to say, um, uh, by which he has granted to us very, uh, to us precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. That word partakers comes from the word koinonia. It's koinonos which is a sharer, and, and that's a powerful word we've often read, of the divine nature that um, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. And th- there's a lot for me to get distracted on. And what I want you to, to see, though, is that the New Testament Christian is about, we come into a reconciliation process, right? Second Corinthians 5, if any man is in Jesus, right? If any man comes to Christ, he is a new creation. You are a new creation. We are a new creation, but we have got to come into an epignosis. We've got to come into a full knowledge of what that meant. Okay? So, I've given many illustrations of this, and I know that it, if you are going to God from, a, from a, believing that you do not have something, and you're going to God because you think that He's holding back on you, you already got it wrong. You're already saying, God, I, you, you, I do not have what you're asking, so I'm asking, because we'll look at ourselves and say, but I lack. I lack health. I lack finances. I lack these things that I see in the Word of God. That's a very valid point. You should. You should be able to see that. So how do I realize those things that I, that I perceive that I'm in need of? Because there is a process for us understanding. And so when we talk about the finished work of the cross, 
when we understand that, look, you know, I go into this, please understand. I, I've gone into New Testament prayer in I don't know how many, 9, 10, 11 parts. New Testament prayer. There is New Testament praying. I remember thinking, hold on a second. What? That left my heart and my head scratching. What? It's already been given to me. Well, if I've been given everything uh, for life and godliness, what am I left to pray for? Because all my praying up until that point had been about asking God for stuff. Okay, <clears throat> God, <clears throat> here's my shopping list. Because we, we had so, we've so been removed from prayer just simply being part of a relationship. Can you imagine even your heavenly dad, if you've got a great relationship with your heavenly, your, your earthly father at least, can you imagine if yours just create, just had a relationship and asking him for stuff? Or your spouse. If it was just, hey, I need something, give it to me, please. I'll ask you really nicely. I'll even go without food for a while if you'll give it to me. Whatever, whatever, what, whatever you, if it was, if it was that, if that's what your relationship was about there's no look there's no there's nothing there's no harm in talking about a need to God there's no harm in saying but when it comes to understanding the finished work it's it's paramount that we understand that's why we have d group and we we encourage you to start getting grounded in the finished work of the cross and we've got books on the stands there I just can't I, yeah sorry I can I can get off on this because it, it, there is such an Old Testament mindset in the church. We're waiting for God to do something. He's going to one day, when, he's, when his clock ticks over, he's going to pour out this. And he's going to do this. Do you know that we are the ushers of, of God's, we are the ones that bring his and, and administer the glory of God in us. If we can grasp some of these things, I'm telling you. So in any case, so we, we see that the, the whole thing, remember, is an exchange. When we come to Jesus, you are, we, we, we talk about an exchange, right? We have been reconciled to God, 2 Corinthians 5. And then we implored in 2 Corinthians 5 that, that come into this, that you be reconciled. And I've taught about that many times. The word is catalasso. It means to be exchanged. We receive Jesus's inheritance. We're a co-heir with Christ, right? He, we have received everything for life and godliness. We, we, everything Jesus has, we have and all of, all, all of those things. So it's entering into this reconciliation, into this exchange that has got, we've, got to be, we've got to be aware of. <laughs> Gets real quiet. So, so, so this, is, this is what I want. I want to take you to sort of an obscure book, um, and, and the way it's been taught um, has been very interesting. Philemon, um, which is in the New Testament. Yep. Do you know where Philemon is? Those, that's where your pages stick together a little bit probably. Um, Philemon chapter 1 <laughs> and verse 6. Um, and, and I've heard this taught in so many ways, but it says um, in verse 6, he says, And I, uh, I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective um, for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. Now, I've heard this taught in so many words, and it's interesting. You can go and check it out, study it out for yourself in all different translations if you like, and, and you'll see. I've heard it like, man, you know what? If you start preaching the gospel, then your faith is going to be effective. If you will just get up on that street corner and, and go and knock on doors and tell people about Jesus, 
then your faith is going to, all kinds of things that are very works oriented. Listen, guys, when you are told something in the New Testament, if you will just do this, then God is going to do this. Listen up. Be careful. Are, what are you believing about that? Where are you getting? Are you reading it in context? Any case, so, so what's, what's, what's interesting about this, if you read this in King James ver- Version, I want to pull out a couple. That the communication of thy faith become effectual, or um, one, a couple translations say this, operative, by the acknowledging, that is, by the way, that word acknowledging is that same word, epigenosko, of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. I am so tempted to go down this route, but maybe I've got to just behave. <laughs> I'm telling I'm just saying, I, I, I know that a bunch of you will get offended because I come, you don't, you've got to understand my background and my journey for me not to, I'm try, I promise you, I love you guys. I promise you, I hope you really do know that. I really do love you guys. I, I can, when, you, <laughs> You know, when, when you are told that you don't have anything and that you've got to go to some guy to get it, be careful. You know, I'm going to, this is going to slap you, some of you, and, and I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. You've got to go to the anointed one. If you go to the anointed one, he will give you, he ain't giving you nothing. Nothing that you don't have. We can teach about, and I will teach about the anointing if I had to. If you go and read about and study New Testament anointing, if you are told anything that there's some sort of magical information that you haven't been given already, Gnosticism. Secret knowledge that you still need to be able to succeed. And that pastor, or if you just pay your tithes, or if you just do this, or if you just do that, then he's going to come and lay his special hands on you, or pray the magic, magic hundredfold anointing on you. I've been there. I did it. I emptied out my bank account a few times. Oh, God's going to, I'm telling you. You get, we get deceived because of our lack of epignosco. We chase these things. We run from meeting to meeting. Oh, I've got to go to that meeting. He's going to be there. Oh, please, won't he just lay hands on me? Just lay. Oh, well, he's so, he's so special. Careful, people. Do you want to be prepared for the end times or not? Then listen up. Listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to you because you are, you are complete in Him. Yes. You have been given everything for life and godliness. And if you are chasing a man, be careful. If you are waiting for God to do something, be careful. He says that the communication, now that word is interesting, the communication of that faith. Guess what the word communication is? Communion, koinonia. How many times do we speak about this? That the communication of their faith, your, their faith may become effectual. This is, uh, may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. There it is again. We have been given everything in Christ. We have been exchanged in Christ. 
our sin, our faults, our failures, everything was on him on the cross. That's why when we went through Romans chapter 6, remember, that in, we died in Christ. Therefore, reckon yourselves dead to sin that we may experience newness of life. That he, all of those things, that those images that we speak about. I, I wish I had the time to go and pull out Romans 6 again, but it would just take just so much long. But there it is. Jesus died. I see me dying in Jesus. Why? Because he did it for me. There's the reconciliation. There's the exchange. That when he raised up the dead, I raised up the dead. This is how we have victory over sin. This is how we experience newness of life. Okay, and then communication, communion, the word communion, koinonia, com this communication that we see over here, that word, it, it is an internal experience of, of something that belongs to Jesus. If, 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 but you see what we do is we, we, we've taken communion, and that's one of the reasons I don't do communion very often. We did it on Wednesday, this last Wednesday, we did, it, we did uh, communion at, at Overflow, and we'll do it again at the end of the month. We're going to have a special communion service, but I don't like it because we turn it into ritual so quickly, that's right. and it doesn't have power. When we make it a ritual like God can or I can't and it's magic and it's like this, it, it, it's like we, it's, it's, it's got to be an internal communication of what Jesus has given to us, what has been done. It's, a, it's in a remembrance of what he did for me and I, 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 I personalize that experience. Okay. So uh, in Philemon uh, 1.6 in the West, it says this, I like this, um, especially that, that last part, um, Remembering you in my prayer times, uh, just, Weiss just does scriptures a little different, that the contribution, that's the Hahi translation of your faith, which is the communion of your faith, uh, which, oh, sorry, here it is, that you, faith that you share in common with other believers and in Christ, actually, may through the resultant love with which you have for all the saints, sorry, become effective in the sphere of a, this is what I like here, how he puts this, of a full and perfect experiential knowledge of every good thing in us. I'm going to see, just see that part there, a, a, a perfect, a full and perfect experiential knowledge of every good thing that is in us. Okay, so how? How do I get to a, per, uh, you know, a, a perfect, a full and perfect under experiential knowledge? I'm glad you asked. Okay, so, so here, because in Isaiah 40, you know the scripture, we, we touch on it often, verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? Does he not faint or grow weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But... They who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Do you see the exchange here? He says, you can be weary and exhausted. But he says over this, he says, those that wait on the Lord or for the Lord shall renew their strength. I looked up that even in Hebrew. It's not obviously Greek katalasu, but the word renew is, 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 a, is a, Greek, a Hebrew word called chalaf. And it says this, to change, to substitute, to change for the better, to renew. To change for the better. Those that wait upon the Lord. Now that word, if you've hung out with us for a long time, <coughs> that word wait is the word kava. And listen to this, a primitive root word means to bind together 
perhaps by twisting. Those that wait, it's got nothing to do with Let's tarry for the Holy Spirit. Remember those days? Wait for the Holy Spirit. Do you know how unscriptural that is? We aren't waiting for God. We aren't rolling. No, it's, it's, to buy, it's, it's becoming twisted. It, it's, it's twisting yourself together with Him. It's, what's the word you use here in America? Braiding. I like the word Braid. It's kind of, the imagery is that of, 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 uh, of a vine or a creeper around a tree. That creeper has got no vertical strength of its own. It can't stand the force of a hurricane or whatever the case is. It, got, it, 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 it draws its strength and its life from the trunk. Right? That thing is irremovable. I, had, I have a tree outside my yard and, and apparently, in fact, mistletoe. Do you know that mistletoe is a creeper? It's a, it's a what do you call them? Um, I, can't, I can't think of the word right now. It sucks, it sucks the life out of the tree. Yeah, it's a, what is the word I'm looking for? Parasite, thank you. It's a parasite. And I was like, it's actually killing the, the kid. So mistletoe, I know it's Christmas season and all that. It was like... Oh, it's a parasite. We've got to kiss each other. It's, it's like, it's, it's like, but, it, but, it, but it's literally, it, it creeps into it, gets it, it's, it's, it's uh, roots go under the bark of the tree. It gets its nourishment, it pulls its nourishment right out of the tree, out of the, its host. But it's got its strength there, everything. And, and if it's mutualistic, and it, 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 they can live together. But sometimes it gets out of, out of hand. There's really nothing you can do. I spoke to an arborist and he said, oh, you can just take this tree down if it gets too far. It'll kill the tree. But, but the point is, what I'm trying to show you is that a creeper, or, or when, you, when, you are going, when you're going to weave yourself into God. Now, we speak about our union with Christ, and there is so much New Testament Scripture that says, Jesus says that they may be one as we are one, and I in them, and them in us. And all of those that we are one, that we, he who is born to Christ has become one spirit with him. That's in the New Testament, people. We are one spirit with God. I didn't write that. But I mean, we talk about this. So when, when, when it says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall exchange their strength. If you're feeling weak, you need to know how to exchange your strength. Because it has been done. It's there. But we have to know how to wait we have to know how to cover. We have to know how to, how to braid ourselves into uh, get our, and derive our strength from God. And I'm telling you, and it's when we do this, it's when we do this that we, everything for life and godliness is already ours. I take hold of it by doing these things. By, and so this is part of the worship experience. This is part of the worship experience. In fact, in Psalm 130, the same word, and, and I asked the band if they would do that, that song. I know it's new to you, um, but Psalm 130 um, was this, the third song in our worship set that we did today, and we're going to sing it again here in a few minutes, but we're going to look at it a little differently because if you go and read Psalm 130, listen to this. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. There's eight verses in the psalm. He says, O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my plea for mercy. 
If you, O Lord, should mock my iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. Same way, same word, cover. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits, same word, for the Lord, more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, tender mercies, chesed. And with him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Now, guys, when we see psalms like this, we can just let them, oh, that's a sweet psalm, or make a nice little poem about that. But there is so much when you want to unpack the truths of what you see in the Psalms. What you see, and remember, when you look at the, we have this brilliant phenomenal that even David couldn't when he wrote some of these Psalms. Or any of the Psalm writers. They were not, they did not see as we see today. They could, we can can see, we can overlay the New Testament. We can see all what God was going to do in these things. When he says, oh Lord, my depths... I cry to you. Now, when we say I cry to you, what does the New Testament say about God? Is he way out there? No, he's within us. He, Jesus said he never leaves us or forsakes us. So I can cry out to God, but guess what? I don't have to wait for him to reply. He hears my voice. He knows my prayers, right? And then he says, Be, he is attentive. And then he says, who should mock my, if you should mock my iniquities, who would stand? Is it true that God mocks our iniquities? <laughs> goes quiet. No, because Jesus has paid the punishment for our sins. Every sin has been paid for because that you grounded in the New Testament truth of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. All my sins, God made him who had no sin, become sin for us that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Our sin was placed on Jesus. But God, that he said, if, if I had to pay for my iniquities, who could stand? But I don't. Praise God. But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Now that word fear is not terror. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That same word fear is what Jesus says is worship. Worshipful, reverential awe, respect, honor. We should have a reverential awe, respect, and honor for our Father. When we understand how great he is and how awesome he is, he says, but, but, but he goes on over here, who, um, th- th- with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Then he says, I wait for the Lord. I, 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 I'm twisted together. I bind myself with him. My soul waits. And in his word is my confident expectation of hope. My confident, my, or hope is my confident expectation of good things, Right? And then verse, my, in verse 6, my soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. And then he goes into the cassette. He says, O, Lord, o Israel, hope, have confident expectation in the goodness and of good things to come in the Lord. He says, for with the Lord there is steadfast love. Chesed. Tender mercies. In, the new t- in fact, won't the band make their way to the stage? Please, um, we're going we're gonna to do this song again here. And, and I, my, my challenge to you is, is learn the words of the song as quickly as you can. As Stacy and, and, the, and the team lead it, 
listen to the words. Impose, remember what Jesus has done for you. Use the opportunity in worship to bind yourself together with the Lord. To twist yourself together in Him. To allow that reality, the reality of the finished work become yours. You know, imagination... Imagination, and, and, and we've touched on this, imagination is, your, your heart doesn't know the difference between reality and imagination. That's why people can stay sleepless worrying about climate change because of what they're imagining happening. This is what you can get excited about a vacation or, a, an, or something that you're about to receive, some gift you're about to receive. It's why your, your emotions can change. All of these things, because as you imagine things, your imagination is a real thing. Check. Oh, okay, there we are. Um, our imagination makes things real. It's, it's a powerful tool that you have got to make it your reality. Guess why? Not because you're not faking it. You are, you are persuading your heart of the reality. There's a big difference. One thing, I'm trying to get it. It's another thing for me to persuade that I've already, my heart, that I've already got it. And so what you have to do with what Jesus did on the cross, and this is for every promise, when, as we get, to, we, we get to reconcile, exchange ourselves with God, is, is when, we, we, like I said in Romans 6, when it talks about, about how, we, how we, we lay hold of these things, we, we, you, we, we close our eyes uh, to see with the eyes of our heart. Remember, I, I spoke about that. May the eyes of your heart be enlightened. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, that you may know these are the things that you have to see and you have to constantly persuade yourself. You've got to just, you can't see it generally speaking. You can't just say, yeah, yeah, I know that Jesus kind of did that for everybody. No, 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 no. You've got to see you. It's got to be personal, positive, and present tense. You've got to see that that sin, that, you've, that, that addiction, that issue that you have, you've got to see that was placed on Jesus and the cross and that Jesus died with and for that. He was punished for that sin, that addiction, that sickness that, that is crippling you, is killing you, is strangling you, is doing whatever to you. Jesus took that. You've got to, you've got to see it there. You've got to see Jesus dying, playing the penalty for it and then defeating it in the hell, in hell and the grave. And having victory over it. Not somebody else's. Yours. That one. That one that you have an issue with. You've got to see yourself like that. I've got to see that. I'm using my eyes. Thank you, Lord, that that issue, that's been dealt with. That's because. And, and so until, until that becomes a real. And that takes time and effort and energy. It takes time, effort, and energy. But I tell you what will happen. Is that when you see yourself until you. Guess what, what happens? Your emotions start changing. Because it starts dawning like, oh, really, I am free. I was set free. What? And then suddenly your brain, your brain will say, no, you're not set free. Your tradition will jump in because your heart has been so open for fair game. Fox News will jump in and tell you something else or whatever it is. It's like whatever you've got to, you have got to allow the truth of what God's word is and it become your reality. You see, there is only one reality and it's the way God sees things. 
It's not the way you think it is. You and I are constantly, we should be constantly having this attitude. Oh, God, thank you for truth. Jesus, how did he say, John 8? If you are my disciples, you will know the word, right? He says, you will abide. Sorry, he says in, if you, in verse 31, if you, if you are my disciples, you will abide in my word. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. How do you know the truth? You, you intimately relate with it. And so you have to allow these things to become your reality. You see, when, when it becomes a reality to you that God is never going to leave you or forsake you, and that becomes your reality, you will never be lonely again in your life. You will walk out no matter how dark it is. You cannot fear dark. In fact, you cannot you can't fear when bullets are flying. Because you're like, that's okay, I've got God with me. That will be your attitude. Because if that is your reality. You have supplanted the reality that you have in your heart with truth. Do you see that? You have to wait. You have to lay hold of the truth. It takes effort. Because you and I constantly, there's a war against waging against our minds. That we're being told, conform this way, conform this way, like, like uh, T said in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Do not con- but we're told, don't conform, don't be thinking the way the world thinks. Lay hold of it. But you see, it starts with a choice, and it carries on with you allowing yourselves to find, that, that takes time. And when you find, I tell you what, when, you find, when worship can be a huge part of this, because those Psalms are so full of reality. Of David saying, gee, God, I'm so ticked off with this guy. I want to smash his teeth in. You're like, yeah, I can understand that. It's like, it's it's like he he can be, but you can lay hold of it. You can identify with these things. You can let worship become a a, a tool to to ingrain these truths in your heart until that that becomes my reality. And I'm telling you, when something is in your heart, it produces the right emotions. But if you have the wrong thing in your heart, it will also create emotions. Sadness, bitterness, disappointment, anger. Things that will lead you to make the wrong decisions. Because you've harbored the wrong things in your heart. Not, I'm not saying anything about going to heaven. If you are saved to Jesus, if you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you'll go to heaven. But you, I'm, to, I'm telling you, if you want to experience kingdom living... That Jesus came to give us, there is only one way. Only one way to lay hold of these truths. Amen. So what we're going to do now. Uh, thank you, worship team. <laughs> we're, going to, we're going to sing the song. And, and, and I want you just to stay seated for this one for now. And if you want to stand after a bit, if you want to stand, you're welcome. If you want to go and lie down, you want to. But what I want you to do is, is have a place to express yourself and close your eyes and see it. See the truth. See what that is. And I mean, you can download that song. Shane and Shane sing it. It's a powerful song. And you can, you, but allow, because you have got it. A lot of the songs we sing today are, can be so full of unbelief. Oh, God, Holy Spirit, come down. Come down, Holy Spirit. What? He lives inside of us. Those kind of things. You have to be, as a no. You've got, to, you've got to grow to the place where you are so persuaded in truth. You say, no, 
my Jesus lives inside me. I don't care how many millions that singer makes or how many tens of thousands of people go to the auditorium when he sings songs. That doesn't make it right. If you want truth. Amen. And I know you do. We want truth because it's only truth that will protect us from deception. It's only truth that will bring freedom. It will only be God's truth that brings peace. It will only be God's truth that will allow us to live and be what Jesus designed for us to live and be. Amen. Amen. So let's worship this together.
chorus one more time. Seated in heavenly places, joining with the angels in heaven. I will wait for you. I will wait for you on your word. I will rely. I will wait for you. Surely wait for you till my soul is satisfied. singing and as Pastor Shannon stated we connect our heart with those words that we were singing and we hook up with that as we proclaim those words as we see ourselves being intertwined with him taking on strength from him taking on love from him as he is so are we so are you right now in this world Jesus. The mic does help. Praise the Lord. Do you have joy? Yes, you do. You have strength? Yes, you do. You have hope? Yes, you do. You have rest in Him. You have peace in Him. You have victory in Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're still going to uh, ask that our prayer ministers, that's what they are, they are prayer ministers, awesome men and women of God, to connect with you. We're going to ask them to come forward and thank you all so much. And, and, and uh, whatever you may have prayed or you, you have stated and, and you want someone to agree with you, someone to pray with you, even you, you acknowledge Jesus, confess Jesus as your Lord, you took that time to rededicate yourself to him, or you need someone to believe with you, this is a great time to come forward now and allow, if you desire, someone to connect with you and pray with you, agree, agree with you, amen? It's a sweet time when we take time to just put everything else to the side and give him first. Give him first place. 
That's where freedom is in him. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're going to ask you to stand if you're able to stand, if you would like to stand. And uh, once again, if you desire prayer, allow these awesome men and women to agree with you. Father, we, we thank you once again so much for your goodness. And uh, as we sung now, and we continue to think on and meditate on how we are intertwined with you. You are in us and we are in you. And we are one. Thank you that uh, we continue to live off of the revelation of that. The strength of that. Glory to God. In Jesus name. Amen. Praise the Lord. You are tremendously blessed, whole, healed, complete in him. That's who you are. Amen. Praise the Lord. We do have healing you this uh, afternoon at 5 p.m. in the cafe. Um, I'm going to give some simple, these are simple instructions concerning the chairs uh, before you all walk out the door. Uh, 